0: Warning, the following podcast contains violent scenes that may be unsettling to some listeners. Listener discretion is advised. Hello, and welcome to Hunters Hunted to Corruption. Join us as we tell the tale of four men bonded by their fear and hatred of the hidden monsters that reside in Washington, D.C. in September of 2009. Only time will tell of Jebediah, played by Adam B., Robert, played by Adam C., Walter, played by Chris, and Dr. Turner, played by Tillman, will survive together in this story ran by Andrew. Hunters Hunted 2 is a Vampire the Masquerade 20th Anniversary Edition expansion set in the World of Darkness. If you'd like to contact us, you can find us on Twitter at twin underscore cities underscore VTM or find us on Facebook at twin cities by night. We hope you enjoy.
1: All right, welcome back to Hunters Hunted 2 Corruption. We're going to open up today's session with Walter. Okay, it's been a couple of days since our last session. You have been through an emotional, emotional turmoil these uh, this th- that day, and these past couple of days have been you basically trying to come to terms with everything. And it's, I imagine, a lot of drug usage, right?
0: Yes, including myself, probably using mushrooms and just like just trying to delve into my own head and delve in with my spirit mentor or whatever i can just to find out what the fuck is going on because like you said yeah he's definitely had has had some emotional trauma occur in the last couple of days
1: yeah and and it's it's very confusing for him too because like for just that that one brief moment you know you you just felt all this desperation and despair but you know that's been overwhelmed by like this feeling of just like you you know that's not real no the real thing is that i love her that's what matters you know and that's that's what's in your mind right now and you find yourself like just drugged out and and just like sleeping it off you're having this wonderful dream of you and iris it's just just being around her just makes you feel so good and the dream is just so simple in its in its warmth and it just it just makes you just feel so good Right, you know, and you don't want to wake up, but you can feel yourself slowly coming to consciousness. You know, whenever you, uh, you know, that feeling whenever you're just you're waking up, but you're like, no, 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 just a little bit longer, just a little bit longer. You don't want to, you don't want to wake up, but but you can feel it happening, and there's nothing you can do about it. And with this, you kind of you you wake up and you have this uh, this this little half smile on your face as you awaken because you know how wonderful your dream was, and and you find yourself looking up at the barrel of a shotgun in your face
2: <laughs>
0: oh shit <laughs> fuck um uh, we need to talk walt
3: uh uh
0: yeah i, I you've gotten your point across yes and you, you yes we could talk well without that gun pointing in my head if you'd be so Sorry. inclined we need
3: to talk Walt.
0: yes we could talk if if, if, if you'd this be so. something going nowhere okay well, what are we talking about jeb
3: Talking about that little hussy I've been dreaming about and talking about in your sleep.
0: Jeb, I'll choose your words wisely next time you talk about Iris.
3: I'm the man with the gun. I ain't got to choose nothing wisely right now.
0: Jeb, let me tell you this, my friend. There are things that you still cannot wrap your mind around that I have. Please take that gun out of my ha- yeah, out of my face.
3: I ain't know if I can trust you no more. you telling us you've been working with one of them fang thingies? Like the one that made me leave the other night? No, that, that ain't kosher.
0: This one is, she, she's different. She, she's different, Jeb, okay?
3: No. no, she ain't different. you just her slave. <sighs> You're a goddamn I, addict. Sucking on her titties.
0: Jeb, if I was her slave, she, she would be in communication with me, right? She's not in communication with me, okay? which, which means she, she ain't she,
3: here right now don't mean you don't want to work for her. Don't mean you ain't been telling her where we are, what we've been doing.
0: I have not talked to her, Jeb. I have not talked to her at all. I give you my word.
3: I have not talked to her. Have I not proven my loyalty enough to the cause? How the fuck did that man know that we was coming at the Lincoln Memorial? How did he know? Who you been talking to? If I
0: was to guess, Jeb, that man knew who we were because that guy who died in the hospital worked for him. And that there's bigger things going on right now. Listen.
3: I mean, he knows our faces or what kind of truck I drive. I mean, he don't know shit about what any of us look like. Jeb, they're everywhere. What have you not have you not yeah, gotten? I know that that your head? They're in right they're right here right now. In your fucking head.
0: Then use me. And I just kind of like put my hands in the air while the gun's still pointing like in a shrug. Use me then.
3: What the fuck are we gonna use you for?
0: Use me as bait.
3: If you know that Malaysian.
0: Use me as bait. Bait? Bait.
3: They just killed we- a man in the hospital. They think that you. they
2: think you think they give a shit about you?
0: they obviously do if they're trying to reach out to me. If they're giving me pictures of her. If they're meeting me in fucking front of the Washington Monument trying to blackmail me. No, no, no. They're using you against us. They're using me against her, Jeb. Have you not seen that yet? They knew we was coming. What do you want me to say, Jeb? We're outnumbered. You know we're a cell. You know we have to fight from the shadows. Why the fuck didn't
3: you tell us any of this before?
0: Because I didn't know any of this before, Jeb. You
3: didn't know you was sucking on some dead girl's titty? No,
0: I didn't. And I didn't picture it until I was talking to that guy that did whatever he did to you. I put two and two together for being the monster that he is, for being the manipulative piece of shit that he is. He gave, he showed his cards.
3: Two and fucking two. I'm the goddamn redneck here, and at least I can do that fucking math. Why did it take you so goddamn long?
0: I don't know, Jeb. I don't know. But the thing is, we know now. And they don't know we know.
3: Christ, walter i didn't want the- to come to this
0: do you think i did do you think i did look how much i've done look how my reputation and my world and my life has been turned upside down because of this i Are am a laughing all us we can't trust you no more then what do you want to do you want to kill me now you live with that blood on your hands pull the trigger then Christ!
3: i ain't want to i want to kill you at this point jeb starts crying i ain't want to kill you but i don't see why i got any choice then do How, it. How's I going to let you live when you're out there talking to these things and helping them and working for them I
0: and shit? I am not talking to them. I haven't talked to her in a long time. Listen, Jeb, hear me out. Use me as bait. I told you to kill me if you think I'm compromised. I told fucking Greg yesterday before you even knew anything to kill me if I was compromised.
3: Why do you think I got this here shotgun?
0: Then do it. If you Stand think I'm compromised, wrist. pull the trigger. If not, let's outsmart these things. They're idiots. They, they don't look down on our level. They ignore us. They think all we are here to is pawn and to abuse and to use them. So let's play that against them. Let's play their ignorance against them. They don't see us as a threat. They see us as tools and as toys and as things. They think we're sheep. Let's be the let let's be the wolf in disguise this time. Let's catch them.
3: Jeb will sit down on the bed, and he'll crack the shotgun open, and he'll pull out the two shells, and he'll hold them up. And they'll both have Walter written on them. I'm keeping these. You, do you get one chance. And he puts them in his pocket. And he you wanna do sets line? the shotgun down on the bed. You want to do a line? No, I don't want to do a fucking line. Okay, well, I thought we could bond over it. Jesus, God excuse me. Damn it, Walt! Okay,
0: well, I'm sorry. I misread the situation there.
3: Anyway. pull a beer out from his pocket and start drinking it. You got another one of those, right? I know you have to have another one of those. Jeb will pull you. another beer out of his pocket and hand it to
0: Walt. I'll crap it i'll crack it open and crack it open and take a sip and i'll sit there for it in silence for a minute <clears throat> and then I'll look i be like, listen just hear me out jeb motherfucker okay out of character out of character let me ask this to the storyteller fuck i'm still recovering from the whole shotgun in the face thing here <laughs> holy shit <laughs> um <laughs> story storyteller i know that i i have a suspicion what i am but i also have that love for that supernatural love for iris That you said i dreamed about right can i correlate the two and think that maybe that i might be so in love with her because of that or is that like kind of like the bond is not gonna allow that kind of connecting of the dots
1: we covered this last time and and it's been a while so i'll I'll give this to you again yeah i had let you use willpower that time to kind of override the bond temporarily for that scene so that you could tell them what you wanted to tell them because your own mind here is working against you you don't want to believe it you don't want to think that you're being controlled you you really believe that it for you it's love it's it is love and and nothing anyone says can tell you any different and you don't want to think anything different only in circumstances where it is only in very, very uh, unusual circumstances will you be able to kind of like temporarily regain your own like composure, you know, whenever something is putting stress on you or, or causing you to question things or things like that, like that, that moment when he first brought it up to you, that was one of those times. So yeah, I was going to say right now, team. you're just kind of
0: it's too late. Okay. Yeah. Was just this is
1: one of those times where you're like, you don't want to, you don't want to disbelieve any of that. You're even doubting yourself in what you were feeling then, you know, just a few days ago. Like, well, I was just shocked and I questioned it, but you know that was a moment of weakness to question your feelings.
0: For sure. Okay, I'll take a sip of my beer again. I'll look at Jeb, and I'm like, listen, Jeb, Iris is different, okay? She's off the table. But if we somehow can have it to where I can reconnect with Iris, maybe we can take out a couple of these leeches, like that tea guy, or take out any of the other ones. I think she's different. I really do. Why right. would she have-
3: Y'all been so wrapped up with that dead chick. Y'all need to get yourself one of them right by Jesus blowjobs.
0: I I don't want to imagine those. But
3: so you know how in the Bible oh, no, they a, say a, that like a, a man a, and a lady can't okay. lay together before marriage. Yeah. Well, I yeah. think it don't count if you ain't laying down. So you know you get yourself into a nice big easy chair.
1: I I,
0: I can put two and two together, Jeb. Thank you. I just. Well, you need um,
3: one of them living girls. You need someone with a goddamn heartbeat.
0: i I, i'm past i'm past the stage of my life where i even want romantic relationships for some
3: you're you're getting one of them right by jesus blowjobs
0: maybe later but we got to figure something out jeb because you know and i know but robert doesn't know and neither does gregory and we got to think about us we are different than those two because they two those two have people who depend on them we're alone in this we're alone in this jeb it is on us to carry their burden sometimes Because there's other people who are innocent who can – that there's real-world implications, real-world dangers that can happen to them because of our actions. Do you understand that, Jeb? So we got to figure out how we are going to involve these two and get to the bottom of this with minimal collateral damage to them. So here's one idea that I have, and I want you to hear me out on this. I want your opinion on it, okay? And please avoid the blowjobs. Blowjobs are not needed in this scenario that I have. You sure? Positive.
3: I got like five phone numbers I could call right now. I mean.
0: You know, we'll, we'll talk in a week, but I think I should make a video. I think I should oh, make a job. No, <laughs> they no. got those all over the Internet. I would lose my monetary status on YouTube if I did that. I they got other websites for that. I know, but I need to keep it. It's that YouTube make money. Even more money. I know, but YouTube money keeps helps us fight leeches. Listen, I think I should make a video calling out this T, calling him out for the death in the hospital. And I think maybe we might attract some attention with that.
3: No shit. We're going to get ourselves killed doing that.
0: How are we going to get ourselves killed? We have this area on lockdown. We have our subnet masked. Our IP is untraceable, right? We have taken precautions. One way to to discover what these people are doing is to put them on notice. See how they scramble. Robert's already looking at the death of that young man from the hospital. He already has the backing of the evil controlled governmental feds that he can use. Let's, Fine, let's,
3: but you ain't posting that shit until after I've had a chance to go shopping.
0: Okay, for sure. And we'll let you be here. You can direct that episode, okay? With blowjobs? No, no blowjobs, Jeb. Maybe as a celebration, once we take out this tea and the others of his kind. How about that? Fine. But you got to do a rail with me, too. I guess. All right, let me go get it. I get up and I like kind of pull my my footlocker out from underneath my bed and look through my baggies and pull out some cocaine. and
3: Still got them Viagras in there, right?
0: Yeah. Yes, I, and I save those for special occasions. All right.
1: So, um, thing of note here is that it's still kind of evening time. You are you have been so like out of it and just been like, oh, I'm awake and I'm doing drugs and then I'm eating something. And I'm passing out. No, and, and it's been a blur this past couple of days. So right, right here now, it's it's like eight p.m. Maybe, and so you're you're just like immediately back in your routine, just going right back to the drugs.
0: Okay, and help. Got to get that bump. Got to get that going. You know, rev that engine up. Maybe I'll pick up some cold brew and really take it to some dark places. Oh my
1: God. Well, uh, first, I'm gonna ask you guys the uh, standard question that we have here on our channel. And what what is going through your characters' heads? Let's start with uh, let's start with Jeb. Actually, like, what is how is he feeling about all this right now after Jeb this conversation?
3: Jeb is miserable. He really doesn't want to have to kill Walt, but he's really close to doing it. He thinks he feels betrayed by Walt, and is willing to give him just one last chance. And he really wants to find this Iris and burn her to a cinder, cut her head off, drive a stake through her heart—all
1: that. Is that like no matter what like comes of this, like he needs to kill her? Kind of. Thought? Oh yeah, absolutely. So he's gonna he's gonna be like helping Walt or using Walt to try and draw her out. Yeah. Almost certainly. Okay. So, he doesn't feel good about the situation at all. But he's going to use oh. the... He's going to take advantage of it.
3: Yeah, he's pissed. He's unhappy. You know, he feels like he's losing his best
1: friend to oh. some, some dead chick. It's rough. It's rough. And so, Walter, he's uh, he's gone through quite a shock. How is he feeling in this moment?
0: Well, obviously, waking up to his best friend pulling a shotgun out on him fucking hurts. But, like, he feels horrible because he... he like... I it's such a hard thing to play out because I think subconsciously like he knows that like he's putting his team at risk and I think like but he's in love with Iris and he does think that Iris is different than all these other bloodsuckers. Maybe she's trying to, he, I mean, and then he's, he's thinking like, well, she probably didn't tell me because she, she's different. You know what I mean? And she's probably this, that. And he's, you got to think about it, like, this is a man who's been on shroom for two, shrooms for two days, who's gone through all this emotional shock, who's like 60 some years old, who's a drug addict. And he's just sitting there trying to like rationalize all this shit. And then to find out that like his rock, like Jeb's his rock, the group is his rock, but more so Jeb, because unlike, Gregory and Robert who have families and have other things in their lives. Like it's just Jeb and Mitch that are here all the time. You know what I mean? And it's like to have the man who like kind of helped when no one took him seriously and helped like promote him be like, I can't trust you. It just fucking kills him. So I think like him saying like, use me as bait is almost in another way of like what he told basically Jeb has been his rock and for have Jeb tell him, you know, that he can't trust him and everything like that, it kills him. So I think him saying use me as bait is a way for him to subconsciously like be like, get rid of me, you know, what I mean? or, or something good for will come of it or I'll die. And it's like, it's tough. It really is for him. He's a hot mess right now. And his mind is going into some, some pretty dark places too, with all the drug use and everything like that. So he's a mess, dude. He's a mess. This is the hardest ever, hardest thing he's gone through ever since they've taken this lot in life, trying to fight back.
1: Okay. It's uh, it's pretty rough. So, with that uh, sobering note, we'll, uh, we'll leave off with you guys for just a moment, and we'll uh, move over to Robert. Robert, we, we kind of covered last time. these uh, past couple of days have been you kind of trying to catch up with your investigation really, and and just, and just to figure things out. There's been some unexpected developments, and there's been some well, there's, there's been some roadblocks. You uh last time you talked about this you were kind of feeling uh like a fish out of water. Does that still hold true?
4: Yeah, so I think where we left off, Robert had really let himself down when he learned about the death of Deshaun in the hospital. He felt like that was just terrible police work on his part, something that could have been prevented. He he basically had conned his way into a meeting with him and then left him and he was vulnerable enough that they you know whoever got to him and and killed him and Robert feels very responsible for that he's also he's also still thinking about basically what the what the group went through together at the at the monument but still at the same time trying to maintain his his focus on the case and trying to maintain a, a good home life so Maria doesn't freak out and so he can be a good Father to Robert, and he's, he's finding it very difficult to try to balance it all right now.
1: Okay, and as I mentioned before, it's about 8 p.m., so this is around the time maybe that you'd be like getting home in the evening, you know, like you maybe had like a you stayed a little bit late so that you could get some work done, you know, so you've been really pushing it, and you return to your home, and there is there's another car in the driveway when you get there that you don't recognize. It's this like it's it's like a, a charger, Dodge Charger. It's black. It's a nice car, relatively new. Just parked right there in your spot.
4: Robert doesn't like this. He uh, he's gonna he's gonna kind of park sloppily on the street and just just get out of his car as fast as he can. And he's got his hand on his on his well he he'd be uh, putting his hand underneath his arm, kind of just like holding holding his underarm holster where he would keep his his sidearm and just kind of making his way towards the house, just trying to get to the door as fast as possible.
1: Okay, so you go in. The, the front door, as per normal, the, the, do- the door is locked, so you have to put your key in and unlock it. Uh, the deadbolt's not locked or anything. You go inside, and you, you're you greeted to the the nice, uh, aromatic smell of your, your wife's meatloaf, you know, as you walk into the door, and you're just like, mm. you know, it immediately makes your stomach a little bit, like, oh, yeah, I haven't eaten, and you can kind of hear some... Uh, some sounds and 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 coming from the kitchen of movement and and activity. You step inside uh there's there's no real there's no real like immediate inclination on whoever else might be there. You just you don't even, you don't see Robert Jr. presumably he's up like upstairs like playing some game on his TV in his room or something. As the as the door shuts you kind of hear your wife call, "Oh, in here, honey." You know, she's calling from the kitchen.
4: I'm going to Just kind of walk into the kitchen. I'm gonna relax a little bit once I once I get the sense of home and I'm able to smell Maria's cooking, and from that I'll know that everything's okay. And I'm just gonna, you know, with relief, just walk into the kitchen and just think, man, I'm really stressed out lately.
1: So do you like have like a coat rack? You take your jacket off, like your your. What do you call it? Your uh, blazer or anything like that? He would or probably you would leave it
4: on in. for a moment. Yeah, he would okay. just go straight in for now.
1: Okay, so you walk into the kitchen area, and there's like this, you know, the linoleum, like, floor. And there's like a center, like, aisle where there's like um, some open, like, counter space. And with cabinets underneath, you know, so that you can do whatever preparations you need to in the middle of, like, the kitchen. It's a, it's a nice uh, nice kitchen, actually. And when you, you walk in, you see your wife. Yeah, she's over by like the stove. She doesn't turn to greet you immediately, but she she does shortly after you walk into the room. But you kind of stop because uh, the other person in the room makes your heart skip a beat and just draws a sense of panic from you. You know that guy you saw the other day at the Washington Monument who made Jeb just run away in terror that Walter was talking to? He's sitting in your kitchen right now, right at that aisle, and he's just looking at you with a big old smile on his face. And she turns around and she goes, "Hi, honey. Uh, Dinner's almost ready." And he's just he's just smiling, and you can kind of feel like your hand, like shakily, like moving towards your pocket, almost, you know, just like reactionary, just slowly, to where your your gun is. And he just shakes his head no at you, just ever so slightly, still smiling at you. Okay. Oh, I hope you don't mind. I invited I invited T to stay for dinner.
4: Okay. Um,
1: I made your favorite meatloaf.
4: I. I need to try to bluff Maria. And basically what I want to do is try to – I need to try to give off the impression that nothing's wrong. I can't let her see how nervous I am right now. Um, So I'm going to say – I'm going to look at T first, and I'm just going to say, oh, hey, nice of you to stop by. Of course, Maria. That's no problem at all. Uh, Listen, I was – Hoping you you could go upstairs and um, check on Robbie for a second. I uh, I thought I heard him yelling upstairs. I I don't know. He he might have gotten hurt or something. And uh, and uh, if I could if I could talk to you outside for a moment. Uh, it's, you know, it's not good to miss business and personal matters. And I'm going to try to just <laughs> you know just kind of like laugh and just be like right this way. Uh, if you'll step out onto the onto the back deck with me, and I'm going to try to like go you know, open up the sliding screen door and just see if he'll step out with me and I'm going to take a cigarette out to try to, like, play off that it's no big deal. Just want to go outside for a smoke and talk to my friend.
1: Okay, so he stands and says, sure, and I'd like you to roll uh, wits and alertness. We'll call this a uh, difficulty of six. Four. Okay, so uh, you notice that uh, she is just kind of, just, she's at the stovetop. Whenever you suggest, like, hey, you know, your wife, by the way, you know, no there she's uh, when you suggest to her you know, go go up to check on Robert, Robbie junior she uh she doesn't move at all and just turns around and just faces the stovetop and he uh he he walks over to the door that you have open and you can see that she's just still standing there with her back to you now just at the stovetop not doing anything there is that smell of meatloaf and you can see that the oven is on so you know that there is food but she's not doing anything she's just kind of it's it's very weird to you her behavior and he uh he 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 sees you looking at her just, let's step, step outside and talk.
4: When we both get outside, I'm going to shut the screen door behind me. And I'm just frozen for a second, just looking at him, just holding the cigarette completely un- unlit and just, just staring, just totally helpless.
1: What's going through your head right now?
4: How the fuck did he get here? How the fuck did he know where I live? And I just don't want him to do anything to Maria or Robbie.
1: Yeah, he kind of looks you up and down. He says, Relax. If, they, if I wanted them dead, they'd be dead.
4: Jesus Christ, what are you, what are you doing here? How, how did you... I'm
1: sending a message. Don't make me want them dead. You know what you have to do.
4: Listen, they're not part of this, okay? They're they're not part of this at all. Please.
1: He gets a little bit closer. Just leave them out like, of this. Uncomfortably close. He says, they are now. What do you want? You know exactly what I want.
4: And at this point, Robert is... His legs are, are shaking. He's... He feels like he's just, you know, completely in this person's hands.
1: He he picks up on that. It's it's very visible. And he just kind of pats you on the shoulder. You feel yourself buckle just a little bit. And he's not putting too much force. It's just how weak your knees are at the moment. And he just says, good talk. Go check on your kid. He walks back inside.
4: I'm going to follow him behind him. And
1: as, as he goes inside, he says, I'm sorry. I actually can't stay for dinner. Have a nice evening, though. Good night. And she's like, are you sure? Turns and looks at him. No, 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 it's fine. You, you all have a lovely evening. And he starts walking towards the front door.
4: Next time, you'll have to stay. Well, thanks for stopping by.
1: So without another word, he leaves. He goes up to the front door, exits the building. You can hear the car outside start up.
4: At this point, Robert would probably start sobbing and just just run upstairs to try to try to see Robbie. Just make sure okay. he's okay. He's going to he's gonna go in and just crash his door open.
1: Okay, so you go straight into his room. He's not there.
4: Robbie! Robbie!
1: You hear his voice from down the hall. In here, Dad. And I, uh, I it sounds like him. it's coming from your room. You go in there. Yeah? Robbie, what are you doing in here? Uh, so you, you open the door and you stop short. He's sitting on your bed and he's holding one of your guns. What'd you tell him, Dad?
4: Robbie, where did you find that? Robbie, put that down now.
1: He's just kind of looking at it. You can see there's some tears in his eyes.
4: What'd you tell him, Dad? Son, please, put it down. Robbie, please.
1: He looks back down at the gun and looks back at you.
4: Dad, what'd you tell him? I haven't told him anything yet. I'll, I'll tell him everything. Robbie, what are you doing? Stop it.
1: And he just kind of sets it back down on the bed. He, he wasn't holding it in like an aggressive way. He was, it was just in his hands. And just sets it down. Dad, you should lock that. And don't hide the keys in the drawer anymore. I'm going to go have dinner. And he gets up and he like starts to walk past you.
4: And yeah, I'm just completely frozen, staring at him as he walks straight past me into the kitchen. And I just fall to my knees, just start crying hysterically.
1: And how long do you stay like that?
4: Good five minutes pass before Robert tries to pull himself together, go downstairs and face his family for dinner.
1: You would hear some calling, are you coming to dinner, sweetheart? It's, It's
4: almost ready. And while trying to, you know, muffle his cries and, and dry his his uh, his tears, he'll he'll definitely shout back just a second, honey. I'm just uh, just getting changed. He would go into the bathroom and maybe uh, rinse his face and um, just look at himself in the mirror for a second and then go down to the table.
1: Whenever you come back down, your wife, she's just like, are you OK? Is everything all right?
4: Yeah, it's, it's fine. It's just uh, something bad. I think I ate at work. It's really nothing.
1: Oh, well, I'll make sure I pack you some leftovers for tomorrow so you don't have anything bad. And uh, the rest of the evening is, if it wasn't for this one turn of events hanging over you, it would be pleasant. But for you, it is just absolute horror because your family doesn't even really acknowledge what just happened. They don't even seem to realize something, something was done to them. And you're not entirely sure what it was, but they're pretending like it's all fine. (laughs) How do you feel? I don't
4: even even know what to say to that. It's just completely not what I was expecting. I think just having had the thing that I care about the most dangled in front of me like that, and just basically being shown that I'm in a position where I have zero power, it's just unbearable for, for Robert. He doesn't want to do anything to sell out his group or do anything to aid the thing that he believes is truly what's evil in this world. But at the same time, he has to protect his family. He has to. He can't let anything happen to them. They're, they're just bystanders. They have nothing to do with this. And it's basically just all on his shoulders right now, he feels like, and he's not really sure what to do. But he has to tell the group... They're the only ones who can really help him figure out what to do.
1: Yeah. And you you do remember what it is that he had asked for, right?
4: He wanted me to he wanted me to um basically like fudge the case and and say that like the murders weren't connected or something like that. Yeah. I believe it was. Okay.
1: Yeah. So whatever whatever you find, none of these murders have any connection whatsoever. They're just it just so happens they have a very similar appearance on the outside and that's it
4: and at this point it's something that robert would definitely just be considering you know it's just a fucking case like it's just a job like yeah yeah how big a deal is it really i mean he doesn't know like like what i mean he he wouldn't put his his family to he wouldn't gamble his family with it but it is a big deal but yeah i don't know that's Mm -hmm. just that's what he's dealing with right now
1: so you spend the rest of your evening here, these, or at least the next like hour, dinner with your family, just like with this, all these thoughts running through your head, very, very quiet. A couple of times she asks you, you know, if you're, if you're all right, if you, if something's on your mind, you know, she can tell she's concerned, you know, something she can tell something is wrong, something is bothering you, but it's so, it's, it's not like something you can just exactly talk about, right? She does, it, especially considering she didn't even acknowledge how the unusual circumstances there. And you know, after after you eat, you know the, this what would have been like a fantastic dinner is tainted by this uh, visitation. After you eat, Robbie Jr. goes up to his room, and you know he starts playing some like video games up in his room. You can hear like the sounds of like Call of Duty, machine guns and stuff as he's just playing in his room. And your wife is like cleaning up. And what do you do for the rest of the evening?
4: So I think I want to try to stay as act as normal as possible for right now. And then when my wife goes to sleep and I think that she's really asleep, I'm going to try to sneak out to the bunker.
1: Okay, sure. That is something that you can do and it won't be too difficult uh, to sneak out. She, uh, after making sure that uh junior goes to bed at a respectable time, she'll also retire for the evening and say goodnight to you and just, just come and join me whenever you're, whenever you're ready. You know, you, uh, you just kind of like delay and, okay, yeah, I'll be up there soon, you know, that kind of thing. And then uh, eventually when everything is settled down and everything's quiet, you're able to leave the house.
4: I actually want to get blackout drunk in a parking lot before I go to the bunker. Are you sure? Not completely blackout, but I'm going to get pretty fucking wasted.
1: Okay, i will be nice. I'll let you do that with no further complication. So... You pull into, like, some parking lot of, like, a grocery store that's, like, outside of your neighborhood, and just, like, you drink a—what's uh, your drink of choice? Do you, like, have, like, whiskey or something or, like, a bottle of vodka in your car? Do you have—do you just, like, go to a convenience store and grab some beers or something? Like, what do you do? He
4: has a he has a bottle of uh, whiskey in his glove box on the passenger side, and it's it's about half full.
1: Okay, so I'm imagining that you drink, like, half of that— Yes. And then go. Yep. So you're really feeling it. And um, luckily for you, you're not, you're not pulled over, but uh, you are driving exceptionally slow, and you're able to make it back to the bunker. In the meantime, because uh, for you, it takes some time to get over there, unless, uh, unless otherwise stated – by these two you can get there with no issues at all and arrive and you guys can talk things out but uh, i want to give them a chance to play out anything else that may be on their minds for this duration
0: we were just talking or just sitting in the bunker you know i'm nothing major if jeb's okay with that
1: jeb's gonna be
3: hyper vigilant anytime any alarm goes off any of the motion sensors gets tripped he's gonna be staring at those monitors wondering what the fuck is coming
1: yeah, and your your motion sensors like they they will like trigger for minor things, and they don't set off like huge alarms, right? Because that would be kind of ridiculous considering where you're at. You're not like in the middle of town. You're a little bit out of the way. Yeah, they're not gonna so go off there's for a wildlife. Squirrel. There's going to be possums and raccoons and birds and squirrels and all kinds of shit out there. So <clears throat> <laughs> yeah,
2: uh,
1: I mean, useful if you want to make a, one of those, but not Only so one. much when you're looking for vampires, right? Yeah. Yeah, so, you know, you're constantly like, oh, oh, just a bird. Oh, that's a squirrel. Okay, oh, hey, look, a possum. I have to remember that, yeah? That's a fat one. Mm. Make a good burger. And eventually, the sensor, a little further out, triggers showing you a vehicle pulling up, which you recognize as being Robert's. FBI man's coming back.
0: Really, at this hour, he usually calls before he comes.
3: Hmm, wonder what's up with that.
0: I kind of just stand next to Jeb and look out the... Look at the monitor while grinding my teeth in my jaw
1: i think I think in the past we had established that Robert like parks a little bit of a ways out and like walks to the to the bunker, yeah, he doesn't like park he yeah. doesn't like drive right up to it. he's like extra cautious usually. all of you are really, except, except for one of those parks times, are it, you gonna Jeff uh, parks
4: so, Jack. so usually, yeah, Robert is very cautious about where he parks, one, he doesn't want to link himself with these people you know accidentally or anything like that uh this is not one of those times okay he's gonna come in hot you know and then slam on the brakes right in the just as as close as he can get and then he's gonna like probably lumber out of the car the door so that's gonna all gonna be, be
1: readily apparent to jeb as he's watching these monitors and just seeing you just you're not only does he recognize the vehicle but it's coming in like it's clearly some sort of emergency because he is—he doesn't stop. He keeps coming. He slams on the brakes, slides to a stop. He's getting out, like, you know, stumbling almost out of his vehicle to get inside. This ain't good. Jeb's going
3: to grab his gun. I'm going to go see what's up. <laughs> All right. Scenes on you guys.
0: I, I just stand by the monitor, and I'm watching the monitor as Jeb goes out there with his gun.
3: Yep. Jeb's going up the stairs. He's got his gun at the ready. Beer in his pocket.
4: I'm just lumbering over to the to the bunker nearly empty bottle in my hand. Still wearing my clothes from work and the tie is just undone all the way and the the shirt unbuttoned a few and I just look like a mess. I got five o'clock shadow. I'm just visibly crying, or visibly had been crying. Just have like uh tears all in my eyes and stuff like that. And I'm just uh just slowly just walking to the bunker.
3: Jeb will get outside and look at look at him coming. What's going on, Bobby? Holding the gun.
4: He'll look up at Jeb, look up at the gun, and just keep walking and just say, listen, I got to talk to you guys inside. Something just happened. Something real big. God
3: damn it. All right, get inside. As
0: I see them coming in, I think it's noticeable that, that Robert is drunk. So to like help sober him up, I'm going to like get some cocaine coffee going for him, get him a little sober. So I'm going to grab the coffee pot that probably always has coffee in there and just a special... Blend and I just pour some in a cup and I kind of like hand it to Robert. and Be like, "Here, sit down, drink this."
3: Is that the cocaine coffee?
0: Yeah. Okay. Yeah. We ain't gonna here, tell I'm- him. All right, good. Here, Robert, have 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 some of this,
4: and he'll sip on it completely unknowing.
0: All right, Robert, what 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 has you all spun up? What's going on here?
4: He was at my house, and he's trying to say it without without breaking down, his voice cracking, and
0: the, the man that we the man that we saw at the memorial.
4: Hey, he was at my.
0: he was at my house. Oh no, don't it's alright. It's alright. Holy shit, Jeb. What son the fuck? of a bitch. We got we gotta we gotta listen, Robert. I need you to keep this together. I need you to look at me. I need you to take another sip of that coffee and I need you to focus on what I'm saying. Do you understand?
4: I grab Walter by the collar and I just pull him up and shake him and I say He made my son pick up my gun. Do you I, understand?
0: Yes. Yes. I understand, got I understand. In my
4: son's head and he made him pick up the gun and I just kind of push push Walter back
0: listen I'm sorry i Robert I am so sorry that this is happening to you it is time I look at Jeb it's time to call in favors out of character storyteller I have two dots and allies and three dots in contacts and my rationale what I was thinking is I was going to call in some favors for some people who I know maybe through like the whole conspiracy scene like dudes who live like off the grid kind of thing. Is there any way I can call in any favors with these folks and have them like maybe put Robert's wife and son under like, kind of take them into hiding?
2: The the real question
1: here is, would your allies and contacts be able to do more than the FBI in this scenario? Because they have protective measures for family members that they can immediately do. And he doesn't have to give a whole lot of information. He doesn't have to reveal really too much. He can just... here's my family
0: here's my outlook on that is that in walter's mind now i'm going to answer that from walter's perspective in walter's mind the federal agencies can't be trusted because these creatures have their fingers into everything you know what i mean and walter's mind he thinks that he can trust these allies and contacts he has through like his you know what i mean like the whole conspiracy theme the youtube thing and knows that these people have zero trust for the federal government you know and will be off the grid now it's robert's call i'm not going to like force robert anything i just know that I can imagine Walter has like contingency plans in his head because, like I said, he's warned Jeb like he feels bad about Gregory and Robert having collateral damage that could things that could be impacted by collateral damage so it's it's robert's call i'm gonna I'll play it in character like listen Robert, I know some people that can hide your wife and your son and they could do it off the grid, and I can imagine they'd even make it hard for creatures like T to find them. I was just talking to Jeff about this earlier today, about the collateral damage that both you and Gregory could be impacted by. All you have to do is tell me you want to go that route. And I have people who are ready who could take them and hide them in the woods and can hide them away from all this. You let me know that. And then I'll tell you what, once they are gone, we will hunt down this thing and we will destroy them.
4: I'm getting them out of here. I'm I'm making the call first thing in the morning. Maybe I should make it now.
0: With, with who you already have your backup plan lined up i'm calling
4: the agency why would do you trust them do i tr- i fucking work for them walter i know but do you trust them and he's just gonna kind of like look like you know clearly in like a drunken stupor just kind of like look around jeb what do
3: you think jeb will take a moment his eyes will narrow i ain't trust fucking nobody right now
2: <laughs> Y'all have these
3: fucking things show up at your houses y'all got them in your heads how could he know where where we lived? These, Somebody done his research.
0: These people know everything. Do you guys not understand that? They have their fingers in everything. What drew us together? What drew Excuse us together? Me.
3: I have some anti-personnel mines. I'm going to go bury them in the yard real quick. Be right back. And Jeb is going to go mine his backyard just in case. Robert,
0: I, I pull a chair up and I sit across from Push the coffee table aside, sit across from Robert while he's sitting on the couch. Take another drink of that coffee. Listen, I have something to tell you. Now I have to lay out my cards on the table. And Jeb and I talked about this earlier. I've probably been compromised. I told you that before. I don't think I am, but here's the thing. I think Iris is one of them, but I think she's different. I don't think they're all monsters. But I do think that we can probably use me as bait to get to T. Here's what the here, here's here's what's it's going to come down to though, Robert. Do you want to run and hide from him or do you want to destroy him?
4: It doesn't even matter. <laughs> it does
0: matter. Well, I just kind of stand up for a second. You could see he's you could see that Walter's frustrated. And he looks at he turns around and looks at you and he grits his jaw. You see, Robert, like I just take like this bag of Coke out of my pocket and I just like slam it on the table and I'm just like scooping some out and I'm just like using my pinky to line that shit up and I just like go bend down and he's looking like a hot mess too because he's been like on a fucking bender for like two days and he just like I just snort that shit up and then I look at you all intensely while my nose is running and then I just stick my hand out in front of your face and I just look at my two fingers and you just see them like they like start on fire right in front of your face and then I'm looking at you.
4: backwards. And I'm kind of just like scooting backwards, just like in amazement. And then I stop and, and look closer, just in disbelief. So, what the hell is that, Walter?
0: I told you I was excited. How the hell did you mind. do that, Walter? Drugs.
4: What the fuck is that, Walter?
0: It's my ability to fight back. We have the ability to fight back. So, this is, this is it, Robert. You choose whatever you want to hide your family. But I've expanded my mind, I have studied. I've put my life into this, and I am ready to fight back. Are you, are you willing to fight back? Because it's time, Robert, for you to fight back. Because if you keep tucking your tail and you keep running away, they will keep doing this. If it's not you, it's someone else. If it's not Jeb's family who gets killed, it's someone else. If it's not Gregory's daughter getting killed, it's someone else.
2: Oh, hello again, folks. I'd like to tell you about the Facebook group we run. to see you there.